Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are closing in on the end of January. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Happy Inauguration Day as of the release of this episode. And happy Podcast Day, most importantly. We're back with a new episode. I'm Illegal 86. I'm, of course, joined by Tectic and Nerd Bomber over in the other farther reaches of the cyber sphere. Hey, what's up? What's going on, guys? Guys, it is hockey season, and I'll try to suppress my semi-Canadian accent here, but oh my gosh, so much hockey today. There were like three hockey games. I'm excited. Man, every day this week, there's hockey. Get hype. Any any attempt to tone down your Canadian accent was unsuccessful <laughs> based, on, based on what I just listened to, but hey, that's exciting. Football season's also wrapping up. Four teams to go. We have the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Bills, and the Chiefs. If you're a fan of one of those teams, hippity hop. Good. I don't know why I said hippity hop, but good Good for your team. Shout out your team in the comments. There's no comments. Shout out your team in the, in the Twitter sphere. I know we're not a sports podcast, and I don't want to derail our little intro, but how would you guys feel if Tom Brady made another appearance in the Super Bowl? Okay, so A, the intro's already derailed before you got to it, and B... Not a Tom Brady fan. Sorry, Buccaneers fans or Tom Brady fans, because I do know there are a lot of quote unquote Buccaneers fans who are actually Tom Brady fans. I'm not a fan of your guy. All right. Your guy has caused me some pain, just as he's caused every other fan of another team pain over the past few years, past like 20 years, actually. So no, it wouldn't be for that. I'm all aboard the, uh, the cheese train. Packers, they look unstoppable, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Tactic. Thoughts on Tom Brady? Let's take your temperature. I hate him slightly less without Bill Belichick. See, like... I'm happy for Tampa Bay, but, like, I, 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 I don't like the man. He has a little bit of an attitude problem that rubs me the wrong way, and I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to jump into my Twitters. That's... Well, I get that, but, like, the difference... There's an entitlement, Yeah. I say. After every game, like, whether or not he'll shake the opposing quarterback's hand is a factor of whether he wins or loses, and that's just bad sportsmanship in my book. But you know what? I mean, it can't dismiss the fact that he has won more Super Bowls than pretty much anybody else in history at this point so he's a great player but he's just i don't like his attitude i'm all about the attitude today money but first of all i did i don't like his attitude either i did see him and drew Brees were like hanging out after the game and like tom brady was throwing passes to drew Brees' kids and it was actually really cute i have to give tom brady credit it was a cute video twitter it's a great video however disgustingly i read the stat today here's some analytics for you tom brady when with his win yesterday tied drew Brees for nfc playoff wins so just what i mean is he has as many wins over nfc teams in the playoffs as drew Brees does now if you know how the divisions shake out you know that that makes no sense and the only reason that it makes sense is that tom brady's been to a billion super bowls so screw you tom brady <laughs> um i actually like bill belichick i mean i don't like him but i respect the the crap out of what he does because clearly it works in any case except for uh, this we're not year yeah, i was gonna guess. say clearly it doesn't always work <laughs> okay well yeah his, his, i mean a lot of his team took took the year off because of covid and also cam newton is pretty bad but any, we're not a sports podcast you're right we're not a sports podcast we should move away from that uh we're gonna talk about not sports today we're gonna be talking about this new open world star wars game that's been whispered about we're gonna be talking about this indiana jones game news that's been whispered about we're gonna be talking about boundary guys this is a video game centric podcast today so if you're not a gamer don't let the virtual door hit you on the way out but also stick around it's gonna be fun i'm sure we'll say something kind of funny at some point there's gonna be shark trivia i mean there's there's lots to love here we're gonna be talking about wandavision 
Is it Shark Week? It's not Shark Week, but it is here for the podcast. Oh, oh, oh. You, oh, you guys started WandaVision? We'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. I have not started WandaVision, but I also have some things to update everybody on. We're not going to start with that, though, because that's not what we do. We're going to start with Indiana Jones, because that's... Look, I'm driving the bus here, and that was, that's the topic I'm most excited about. Indiana Jones. So what we got was... Indy. A short teaser for an upcoming video game. Is this Bethesda who's coming out with this? I can't remember. Yes. So this is a Bethesda game, Indiana Jones. I mean, the trailer video wasn't a whole lot to write home about, to be honest. It was basically just like a picture of a map. Kind of like, I mean, if you watch the Indiana Jones movies, you know, when he gets on the plane, he puts the hat down over his eyes and they play the theme song and you see the little line moving across the map. They were kind of doing that. Not really, but there was a map and they show a picture of a bullwhip and the theme song comes in a little bit. This is huge. I mean, so so first of all, round table discussion, kind of around the room thing. The Indiana Jones games of yore. Had, did you guys play Indiana Jones games when you were younger? Because I have a very close to my heart body of Indiana Jones game experience from like back in like the like gateway PC days. I played the Infernal Machine, Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, and it was absolutely incredible. I played Lego Indiana Jones, so I don't know if that's a great comparison. Yeah, I've only ever played Lego, and I feel like that's not, I mean, I know it's definitely not what Bethesda and Machine Games will be going for here, so I don't know if it's like a fair comparison, because it's a very drastically different style of game, but the Lego ones were fun. I mean, okay, so Infernal Machine, I, yeah, maybe Lego doesn't count. I want it to count for the spirit of discussion, but considering what Bethesda is likely going to do and considering how the Infernal Machine was, you know, it was an Indiana Jones game. You had a bullwhip, you had a gun. You had your wits. You had very, very few polygons on the screen to work with. The graphics were poor. The controls were worse. But it was incredible. It's hard to even describe my excitement based on the memories I have associated. I don't think I ever beat it. It's very hard. But there's, it's you know, it's puzzly. It's actiony. It's of course the parallel that people are going to draw and that maybe they should draw is it's a Nathan Drake experience. Although I would say the older Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones games were less Nathan Drakey and more not as combat focused. You didn't get into a, as many fights in the Indiana Jones games. It was more like, all right, I'm in this jam. Like I'm in this, I'm stuck down this ravine. Got to figure out a way out of here. And also I'm occasionally going to have to like shoot a snake or something. You shot a lot of snakes, which seems weird, but it worked. They died when you shot them. It's just, you know, iconic character. It's it's has the potential to be a Nathan Drake game with the iconic character. I would hope they would get Harrison Ford for the voice work. That's critical, I think. I mean, when you consider, unfortunately, when you consider what, what happened with Avengers, what's happened with certain Star Wars games. They're going to uh, find a, a Harrison Ford sound alike, without a doubt. I don't know. I mean, that's another touch point for me that I guess is I recently played through Battlefront 2, finally. I think I mentioned that on the podcast a few episodes ago. But... They got a, you know, spoiler alert, but Han Solo is in Battlefront 2. And they, for Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, all of them, they didn't get the actual actors. They got soundalikes. And the Harrison Ford guy was all right, but it still definitely got in the way. Like, I, I, I do think that's critical because I'm pretty sure for Infernal Machine, they actually had Harrison Ford. And I, I mean, because at that point, it made a lot more sense. And, and it was it was great. So I would hope they would get him again. See, this is going to sound bad, but I don't know if that's super critical. Like, I really like the idea of Harrison Ford coming back to voice the character, but at this point, it's going to sound like old Harrison Ford, and I feel like they're going to want to go with a younger indie here and not an older aged one. Although, 
now that we know that there is another Indiana Jones movie potentially on the horizon, maybe they're going to, I doubt it would tie in, but tie maybe in. there would be an overlap. I don't really know. But I I don't know if that's super critical. I mean, a lot of the Indiana Jones movies, let's be real, are older. And I don't know the last time that you guys have caught up on Indiana Jones, but I could not tell you, like, if you got a sound alike, that was kind of close. That was kind of like young Harrison Ford. I'd probably be like, okay, you know, that's that's passable. I can deal with that. So I could I'm be wrong. And it. probably some Indiana Jones fans are about to like run at me, but I think it's not super critical. It's a nice to have, not a need to have. I'm trying to determine right now whether they actually had Harrison Ford for the Infernal Machine. By the way, I, I'm on the Wikipedia page for Infernal Machine, bringing back so many memories. Um, this was a LucasArts property, by the way, which LucasArts, man, back in the 90s, they were they had it figured out. I'm just going to throw that out there, too. Ni- early, late 90s, early 2000s, they were, they were the king of the castle for me. But I don't see Harrison Ford's name on here at all. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. I, I suppose I, I understand your point. I mean, especially like Harrison Ford might not do a whole lot of talking if he's like especially in like Infernal Machine I'm sure he didn't do a lot of talking either it's just like little catchphrases like ah oh, time to dig this hole or like or grunt oh, climbing this Insert thing grunt yeah here. when he gets shot he would you know make a, a generic noise <sighs> I don't know I this could go very wrong I, I think I, I I just gushed a lot and I was very excited I think I, we should also talk about how wrong it could go it could only go uh, wrong if they try to make it take it from the past i i 100 percent agree with nerd bomber that they should just make it new make it a young indiana jones and if you base it off virtually nothing that's been done and just keep it to what the heart of indiana jones is i think it could be very successful yeah i think if you try not to rehash a movie i think that's going to be key is making sure that you're not rehashing a movie here i don't think anybody wants to play that these days i know back in like the 90s having those video games that were basically licensed rehashes of a movie were like all the rage I remember I actually really loved all of the Harry Potter video games back then because you basically played through the movie. But I don't think that's the kind of experience that I want now. Like my movies and my video games, I want to be able to tell different stories, tell new and exciting stories, because I think now, especially these days, we've seen that video games can kind of take a story a step further because it's a longer medium and you're more involved and have interactivity with it more, more so than a movie. And so I think that's a very key thing. I Maybe I'm just being too optimistic here, and I, I can't wait to hear you guys kind of hash how this could go wrong. But Machine Games, I have a lot of confidence in because Machine Games is well known for the Wolfenstein franchise and the Wolfenstein reboot. And essentially, I mean, Wolfenstein and Indiana Jones, you're both killing Nazis. Yeah, who doesn't love killing Nazis? Like, they clearly have a proclivity for good game mechanics where you kill Nazis. I... I, I don't know. I think this could this could work. See, I think Machine Games is a really good fit, personally. Okay, so I, I I agree that Machine Games is a really good fit, especially considering what Wolfenstein used to be. Not so much the Wolfenstein now, but it used to be more more puzzly, more. If I'm remembering correctly, am I am I thinking of the right game? Am I thinking of Castlevania? I don't remember. But in any case, I I I'm fine with the studio fit. I have to disagree with you as far as I'm the kind of guy who. Take Star Wars Squadrons, for example. What I would want out of a Star Wars Squadrons game is Rogue Squadron, which has already been done. And Rogue Squadron is just, you're playing through old battles and battles that took place in the movies. And I'm like, yes, that's great. Give me more of that. Instead, Star Wars Squadrons, it does a very good job, but it gives you something totally different than that. It gives you a different, a new story. Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, for what it's worth, 
was an original story. He was actually not killing Nazis. He was killing Soviets. And uh, he was racing for a mythological Babylonian power source. And he joined forces with the CIA. It was freaking dope as hell. Exactly. And, like, and that's the case in well, point of why you don't need to follow the movies and have success. But this was not a young Indiana Jones, not some rebooted Indiana Jones. This was the Indiana Jones place in 1947 which as far as i understand it means it was right around the time of like raiders of the lost ark temple of doom the iconic indiana jones stories i think you need indiana jones give him an original story that's fine you need him at the height of his power you need him looking like harrison ford you need him being like harrison ford you need him that's the indiana jones people know i mean they they have a young indiana jones tv series that I don't know how well that did. So I don't know if this is bad or what. There's two but. games that I want to point at where you are a specific character, but the character is still yourself. The first one is Mass Effect. Your Shepard, but my Shepard, Nerd Bomber Shepard, and your Shepard are all very different looking people, have very different personalities, but you're you're all still Shepard. The yeah, other with Indiana Jones, I don't want that. Hang on time I out. Hang on time out. Hang on time out. The other <laughs> game that i want to point at is the up-and-coming hogwarts game where you make your own complete character because we've all seen the stories we know how they play out but everyone wants to play in this world but they want it to be their world so the indiana jones world is absolutely phenomenal and why not do something that hasn't been done yet and give them indiana jones but it'd be their indiana jones and let them play in indiana jones world and make it their story huge there is a huge difference between the worlds of Mass Effect and the worlds of Harry Potter and the quote-unquote world of Indiana Jones, which is really just the 1940s. <laughs> like, Indiana Jones, you can't have Indiana Jones without Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, staying true to that character is going to be critical. And I think having a very, lin- well, not necessarily linear, but like a very story-driven narrative game here is important i don't think you can stray from the character and for what it's worth i did look up just now the young indiana jones chronicles was a tv show that was canceled in 1993 due to its enormous budget and low ratings uh it only had two seasons 28 episodes and then it went on to make four tv movies that apparently were also not very good not saying that means that a young indiana jones video game can't work obviously they're two totally different things just just saying that ground has been at least partially trod by someone else to ill effect. I don't know. I mean, I- I'll say again, I-, I don't, we don't need to get into exactly how it could fail, I guess, but I think it, it, sh- it should be undertaken by machine games and by Bethesda with a lot of gravity and a lot of seriousness. I, I don't want Indiana Jones to become a punchline and Indiana Jones five. It already has it. In, I mean, kingdom of the crystal skull kind of turned Indiana Jones into a punchline. I don't want Indiana Jones 5 to do that. I don't want this game to do that. Does that make sense? It totally does. And I think one of the things, actually, there's two things here. One it will lead into a question. So I'll start with the first one. One of the things that kind of makes me a little more optimistic as well is that this is Todd Howard's passion project. This is just reading articles and studying up on this in, in the past few days since this was announced. Todd Howard basically made this happen. He's a huge Indiana Jones fan and has been trying for years, apparently, to get this game made. So that... It's a no-brainer. It's a great idea. Right. And I think that is a very important thing to me because if this was somebody who was just like, this is a lucrative IP, let's make this game so we can make money, that would be... that would kind of scare me off of it a little bit because we've seen licensed games go down the tubes. 
I mean, look at some of the Star Wars games that came out prior to probably the last like few years, I would say. Some of the, the EA games in the last decade for Star Wars have been rough, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but rough. Whereas I feel like this, I mean, Indiana Jones is not, uh, not to not call it a relevant property, but it's not particularly relevant at the moment. So this is just something that Todd Howard kind of wants to make as a fan and is going right. to be heavily involved in. So that makes me a little optimistic. Although on the flip side, we've also seen what happened with like Fallout 76. And so I, I go back and forth on that, but I'd like to think that someone with a passion for the property will help make it a decent game. And I know Machine Games has the legacy in terms of their development history to make a good game happen. The second thing that I want to bring up is that this could be one of Microsoft's first big Bethesda games since they've acquired Bethesda. And I think Microsoft is feeling kind of the heat and the push with this new console generation. They still don't have a lot of games on the imminent horizon. We've seen a lot of trailers, but they're still a ways off. And granted, this game won't be anytime soon and it will be a ways off because they still need to develop it and all we saw was a teaser but you know microsoft is going to try to make sure that this thing goes off without a hitch they can't afford to have another scale bound experiment where then it'll get canceled in two or three years and it's just this big stain on the xbox game studio slash bethesda brand you know what i mean so that kind of begs the question though do you guys think this would be an xbox game pass or xbox exclusive no yeah absolutely not the ip the cost of the ip alone is going to dictate that they can't they can't funnel it into one console but i mean look at Uh, spider-man sure but the thing is you have to you have to look at this game as will this bring people into the ecosystem i think this is one of those games where you want to just get your profits on mass selling of the game and not focus on will it whether, whether it will or won't bring people into the ecosystem because i don't think it's really that much of a differentiator in my opinion and sorry indiana jones fans if you disagree with me but it's one of those things where you focus on the game you double down on the game and you're going to get a return on your investment i think it'll at least drive game pass subscriptions because i can see this at least coming to game pass day one that that i do interesting question it's an interesting question because you have to wonder i mean i know you said it's tad howard's pet project and that makes sense but you have to wonder if this is them trying to respond to, to uncharted and say here's an uncharted ish game for the xbox folks and it's only for the xbox folks i it's worth and we're not going to do it now because we're running we're already running over on this topic but we should discuss at some point you know what is the ideal xbox exclusive what 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 does bethesda want to put out that becomes an xbox exclusive like is the presence of multiplayer important in terms of you want to draw players into a certain ecosystem right and with a single-player story-driven game, I don't know what the capacity for that is. And granted, Spider-Man's a great counterexample. Uncharted is another great counterexample of that. But I would say Sony has shown that maybe multiplayer is not where you want your exclusive games, though. I mean, these... Last of Us is another one. Yeah. It, yeah. It's... Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War. I mean, these were all things that drove console sales last generation. And, and with multiplayer, you generally want to give people cross-platform capability, if only to increase the size of the player base. So yeah, maybe I'm totally wrong. In which case, maybe you're right. Maybe this is going to be an exclusive. My gut answer was no, and I think overall it's still no, but it also wouldn't surprise me if this wound up being a console exclusive. That would suck really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Bethesda, please, please don't do that to me, an Indiana Jones fan, who hopefully by this time will have a PS5. 
So, Twitter sphere. Hit us up at OW86, at OW Nerdbomber, at OW Tactic, and our main show account at Online Warriors One. What are your thoughts on the prospect of a new Indiana Jones game from Bethesda and Machine Games? What do you want from this game? What do you not want? Do you want Harrison Ford? Is that critical to you? Is it not? Hit us up over there. Let's have a discussion. So, video game topic one crossed off the list let's move on we're going to save star wars after the break i don't want to put two big disney properties right up against each other i guess two big george lucas properties right up against each other let's talk about boundary now boundary for those who did not see the the basic premise here is astronaut shooter is that is that, is that fair to say we got a trailer we got some extended gameplay look at some extended gameplay nerd bomber i'm inclined to just turn the floor to you because i know you're going to soapbox a little bit on this and I'm frankly eager to see you do so. <laughs> so take it away. Explain what the deal is here. Explain what you saw. Explain what you have an issue with because, spoiler alert, you have at least one issue. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I wanted to really be hyped about this game. I watched the trailer and essentially you're seeing, like you said, it's astronauts. You're in an astronaut, like standard, typical astronaut suit. You're like on a space station. On a space like station. ISS. Yeah, exactly. And you're you're floating around and you're essentially just shooting. It's like a team-based shooter, it looks like, where you're tr- trying to take out the other team of astronauts in space. And in concept and visually, it did look really cool. I mean, the, the whole idea of being an astronaut and having that space setting, super cool. And that's kind of where the good things ended for me. Um, oh, God. <laughs> so oh, no. For one, and... I'm someone who around Thanksgiving on a whim, I was drinking wine and I was like, you know what? I've got this new PlayStation burning a hole in my console and I need I need to try the new COD. I don't know why I need to try the new Call of Duty, but I just I need to do it. And so I bought it. Yeah. And the gameplay. So like this is I have recent experience playing Call of Duty. And so I'm watching the extended gameplay of Boundary. And I, a lot of the user interface looks like it's been ripped straight from COD. A lot of the gameplay, like the actual shooting and some of the guns look like they're kind of ripped straight from Call of Duty. Okay, so so I'm glad you brought up Call of Duty. Uh, but I know you're going to go on a crazy rant. I just want to get you midstream here. Oh, that's fine. Okay, so did you play Advanced Warfare? Whichever one is the most future one, didn't they go to space? Or am I wrong? Oh, man. Have they it been, was has the Call one of Duty that had, been to space yet? It had Kit Harrington. It wasn't Advanced Warfare. It was it was one after that. I Modern ch- Future Warfare? I, I, yeah, I lost track of Call of Duty. I did I did actually play that. Um, I played it at my local land center before that went under RAP local land center. Now, is it, is it Infinite Warfare? Warfare? Infinite. I think it's Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. I think you're right. I would have no way of knowing. Yeah, it was Infinite Warfare, and it was in space, and it had Kit Harrington in it, and that was a thing, and... Like like I said, this looked like it could have been DLC with some generic skins removing Kit Harrington, and this looked like it could have been DLC for Call of Duty. I mean, I'm sure the game is more robust than that, and we're seeing early gameplay, so I don't want to poop on it that much. I mean, the UIs can change, some of the gameplay can change, and I'm sure it might feel different. And I you will want to poop on the on the physics. I want to poop right. on the physics. So <laughs> this is just they they. In the trailer, they harp on the fact that this is like realistic space gameplay or realistic zero gravity space play. And doing it's just the, like doing the video game announcer voice. <laughs> my best one. You know, I went Canadian earlier, video game announcer now. Uh, but crazy. we're 
the three of us, we all have the benefit of being engineers and have extensive physics knowledge. And I'm sorry, none of this was real physics. Because if you shoot a gun, momentum, like you're, the astronauts are shooting a gun and their bodies don't spatially move. Where does that momentum go? Because are momentum you sure? is... First of all, are you sure about that? I mean, are you watching sure? the gameplay, they gameplay did not... footage... They did not show tethers. They didn't show tethers or anything like that. And you, your position really didn't move. Well, not you because it was a video. Um, but when the person shot at the gun, like there should have been enough recoil to send them flying back or spinning axially. And that unless me. they sink their jetpacks or their thrusters to That's the cool. recoil. That would every be cool. shot you go. That would be neat. That that's but, but a possibility, like, but like I, I want to get your guys's opinion because you also have physics backgrounds here. Did you guys think the physics of this game was realistic? So so Tactic jumped the gun in, in terms of my I, I I totally hear your complaints and they make perfect sense. I would be less concerned with the recoil shooting you backwards as the angular momentum. If you sh- if you're holding a gun up to your eyeball to aim down the sight and you shoot, <laughs> guess where your feet are going. You're you're immediately doing repeated backflips, yep. right? But I think it's an easy thing to explain away narratively by by saying, like you said, oh well, the jetpack, you know, the gun has a chip in it that's wired into the suit thrusters. That you shoot the gun, the thrusters immediately bang course correct, and so you're not flying all over the place. Duh. Is that the kind of thing that's important enough to put into a trailer to explain it away right away? Probably not. Well, then they uh, should have put an asterisk by real <laughs> physics. <laughs> people might not be dissecting it as much as we are. I totally get your point, and it makes perfect sense. Another another point I want to make before I turn it over to Tectic. Here's the thing about video games, okay? They're not real. <laughs> if I want... Yeah, like, I can check a certain amount of disbelief at the door, right? And even if it does involve me telling myself, okay, they have thrusters in their suits, that, that would, of course, that would... Even if they're not saying it, they have that so that this game makes sense. I don't need to make to have it make any more sense beyond that, you know. At least not in terms of physics, in terms of narrative maybe, but like it's not of the especially for a shooting game that isn't a story-based series like cinematic experience, it's not the most important thing to me. It's I think what they're probably going for is Call of Duty in space, which is a reasonable marketable idea. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll turn it over to Tactic Tactic thoughts. So first thing that I do hope for is that they include space debris in some fashion. So if you don't know this, when you're orbiting the Earth, you are hauling ass. You're you're seventeen thousand miles per hour or something. I mean, it yeah. depends. As Stefan Diggs would say, hauling a word. And so if you're going slightly slower than other, say, satellites or or debris in orbit, there's a lot of these satellites and and craft are very careful to pick their orbital location so that they don't come into contact with debris. I hope that there's instances where you can, for lack of a better term, instead of a kill strike or whatever, you call on space debris. I think that would be hilarious. I think it'd be a fun nod to how much garbage we have up there. And it would just be enjoyable. Yeah, that's a a good point too. People don't know. There's basically a cloud of garbage just constantly orbiting the earth. I think it'd be cool, like, oh, I need cover. I'll shoot that thing, and it'll explode into 10,000 tiny pieces that all swirl around a person. And here's the thing, to Nerdbomber's point, momentum is always conserved. So if you have a really big thing going at its standard orbital velocity, if it breaks in the shrapnel, it's now going faster. 
Right. And so there's, and, uh, there's physics to be had there to using things as weapons. So I hope they incorporate that. I think that would be a really cool feature. The other thing that I thought was a little ridiculous, and th- this might be, again, over-speculation, or not, uh, not over-speculation, but being overly critical, is how much they unloaded their magazines on, on a single person. In, in my opinion, space warfare should basically be the equivalent of paintball. You shoot them once, that's it. You got them. You pierce, you, you pierce the suit, that's the ball game, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you don't need to unload a whole clip to their health. Once you, exactly. Once you pierce the suit, they're, they're having gross amounts of oxygen vacate their suit, and that's it. Game over. Unless they're just as quickly patching it up with duct tape. I mean, and, and even that's not going to help them out unless they return to the inside of the space station. It's a brutal environment. You don't want even one tear in your suit. And so... So, the moral of the story is, we need... If in order for this game to work, you need super space suits. They need to have attitude and, like, momentum correction. They need to have self-healing, instant self-healing abilities to keep out punctures. I really hope and, it's a roll uh, of duct tape. I really do. I mean, whatever it may be, balls in your court, boundary developers. So go take a look at this one. Let us know if you are team nerd bomber and just want it to die because of how the physics are. I don't want it to die. I think it you could want, still you be want a fun and compelling game. I just know I personally would be very bothered by all of the things that I mentioned. <laughs> let, let us know if you're if you're a nerd like nerd bomber or if you're like me who just checks their brain at the door. And just is an idiot playing video games. Here's another cool uh, concept. Instead of being, say, flying around the International Space Station, put people on a really small planet. Because on a really small planet, if you get a running start, you can leave orbit of that planet. <laughs> <laughs> so don't run too fast. So just add an in- interesting mechanic to it. I mean, there's a lot of potential, right? You could also have, you, they're all on board a really small space station and they're not wearing suits anymore. So they and there's oxygen, so they can move around in zero gravity. Do that all, do all that stuff. But they're not. Then you can more handle narratively the idea of like, okay, if they get shot once, you don't. They don't worry about suit punctures. They just have to worry about like you know, or going through their flesh. You can say shoot a bunch of oxygen tanks and really mess stuff up. Right, sabotage like in uh, Among Us. So uh, yeah, let us know what you think of this one on the on the Twitter sphere. We're gonna head to break now and shout out some sponsors. But before we do. We have to shout out our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. You've heard Ben's name on the show before if you have listened even once. And you're now you're hearing it again because Ben continues to support us at the highest of our three Patreon levels, which is the night level. And as a result, he gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog in addition to producer shout outs in every episode, the occasional guest spot, and input into the weekly quiz segment, which we already heard Nerd Bombers hosting this week about sharks. So if you want to be like Ben, hang out with us, record some episodes with us, give us quiz topics for me to do horribly on, you can uh, support us at the night level. There's also a Squire level, which gives you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there is the Page level, which gives you access to the monthly secret segment. And all of the details on all three of those levels are over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. We want to thank Ben again for his continued support. We want to thank all of you in advance for signing up to help us out making this show and we are about to now go to our break to shout out our sponsor and we'll be back in a few to talk about the open world star wars game hey this is ken m padawan j coach duffy from the ocho duro parlay hour podcast every week the odph is talking sports movies tv comics and more it's always a parlay of topics on each episode 
You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParleyHour.com where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Do you struggle to find the time and energy to consistently eat healthy? You are not alone and there is a solution. We're introducing Factor, the all-in-one meal delivery service that preps, cooks, and delivers fresh, never frozen, fully prepared meals directly to your door weekly. With Factor, every meal is designed by dietitians and handcrafted by world-class chefs, keeping your taste buds happy and your waistline trim. What's more, the menu changes every week, so you never lose interest in healthy eating. Right now, Factor is offering listeners of the Online Warriors podcast $50 off their first two weeks. Just go to Factor75.com, pick your meals, and use code PODCAST50, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-5-0, at checkout to claim this limited time offer. That's Factor75.com, code PODCAST0. Thanks again to Factor for sponsoring this episode, and now, back to the episode. All right, so this star wars open world game let's get some of the details on this this is ubisoft massive developer perhaps most known for the division which i've never played the division i believe at least one of you has i think i wanted to play i wanted to this was one that i missed that i i was really 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 into the idea frankly still into the idea i know you were like a big destiny boy so i'm really surprised that you never played this I was a big Destiny boy. I heard Tactic laugh, but it's true. I was a big Destiny boy. I just I missed this one. I don't I don't know what else to say about it. But yeah, this is being so this Star Wars game being directed by the director of the Division Two, and no real word as far as I can tell on you know what timeline this takes place in. The Ubisoft CEO did say the game will be, and I'm quoting from IGN here, an original Star Wars adventure that is different from anything that has been done before. I, I don't know what to make of that. Well, but we should talk about possibilities. That's, I think, the main purpose of this news item. So one of my biggest critiques of The Division is while you have kind of different skill tree power-ups, there's really no discerning difference between classes. Like, you can have different power-ups, but ultimately your person's going to be the same as the other person. Whereas in, say, Destiny, you have very clear class divisions. So when you're, you know, together with friends, which is what these kind of games are made for, you can right. have a support role, an attack role, etc. And I think this this game should really pull points from Destiny as opposed to The Division, because I think Destiny did that right. And I think this really has a lot of potential, especially in the Star Wars universe, if you can have, say, three different classes within your group. So you can have a Jedi, you can have a Mandalorian. Well, but there's two, there's multiple schools of thought, right? I mean, if, if you're Sith wanting... Or- if you're wanting a Destiny-like experience, then if you're wanting to create this game that's based on assembling fire teams, then yes, I completely agree. You get you get certain classes, and, and I don't, it doesn't even have to be Jedi or Mandalorian. It can be, you know, you have various members of a Stormtrooper strike team, for example. I mean, there's various roles just within that team right there. Do you want it to be that, or do you want it to be... I, you know, there are plenty of other games, I think Fallout being one of them, where... It's very open world, but you are want you're basically you're you and you're wandering around and you're this solo kind of rogue element. You know, do you want to be the Mandalorian? 
do you want to be just one guy traversing the universe, completing quests, doing certain things? Do you want to be, it's, it's like Skyrim is another example of that, as far as I understand it. The Witcher is another. It's, so I, I think there's two schools of thought. I think you're totally right about the destiny thing. If you're going to do this fire team, if you're going to have classes, then it's cool to think about what those classes could be. Jedi could certainly be one. Bounty Hunter, not even just Mandalorian. Bounty Hunter could be yeah. another one. I don't know which way they're going to go with that. I kind of hope. What are you hoping for? Yeah. I know a lot of people love Destiny and The Division, and I did really enjoy my time with both of those games, but I always have a hard time feeling like I can make time for those games because, especially now at my age, and I don't want to, I'm not old by any means, I guess, and but I'm not young either, and I just don't have time to grind, and that's what a lot of those games consist of, is grinding. Destiny is grind. Yeah. Destiny and is grind. I, you know... I just want a really cool solo open world Star Wars game because we got that narrative driven, very kind of more so linear game in Jedi Fallen Order. And I think the the only thing that Star Wars has been missing at this point, I guess there is that multiplayer online experience that you could have too, but it's a, a major open world on land game. Because like we, we have like flying games and all that kind of stuff, but I just want to have an adventure. Like I've gotten really into Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, and it's great. And I would Not love to example. have an experience like that, but in a Star Wars universe with Star Wars driven stories, I think that would be so much fun. I would 100% be there for that. That's what I want to see. Not begrudging people the experience of a Destiny or Division type game for the Star Wars universe, but I personally would love a sprawling solo Star Wars game. I feel like that wouldn't differ that much from Fallen Order, though. And that's why I think the Strike Team would be something more new and exciting. I mean, we're still waiting for a cool VR Star Wars game. Just saying, putting that out there. But I think... This could be something, especially with the strike team, that can really tie us over until you guys give us that. I have to side with Nerdbomber on this one. And that might not surprise you, given just my general love of, of single player. But, like, I want Old Republic Bounty Hunter. Yes, Bounty Hunter is a little bit of a played out thing. But in the Old Republic, it's not as much. I want... I mean, another thing to think about, you know, granted, Cyberpunk isn't exactly something to strive for, considering everything it's been through. But Coruscant... A Coruscant underworld, open world game where you're involved in the criminal underbelly of Coruscant. That would be an amazing open world Star Wars game. Like, I think there's a lot of potential and I, I want an experience like Skyrim, even though I, you know, I didn't play Skyrim, but I want an experience like that. I want an experience like, like Fallout would provide. I want, here's my character. He's starting, he's starting here. I'm going to take him here and I'm going to level him or her up and get all these cool things. And the strike team thing could be equally cool. It's just not, it's different strokes for different folks. I guess as simple as it is. I'm not as preferentially interested in that. Either way, I mean, I, I think it makes sense. I think we might all agree that Old Republic is probably the timeline you're looking at. You could go post episode six. You can even go post episode nine if you wanted to. There's plenty of uncharted territory there. But I would actually, timeline wise, they're rolling out all of this, the High Republic stuff. You know what I mean? I would love right. to have an adventure then. Yeah, I think the pre-episodes would be the best because that's a world and, and a time when Jedis were abundant. So it's it's right. you're kind of guaranteeing that you can have any character and any custom character for that matter. And they'll just go, oh, this guy was abundant. He was around. Doesn't matter. Doesn't exactly. change anything. This guy yeah, makes, was abundant. I love that. It, makes, <laughs> it, it does make thematic sense, though, because even at the end of episode nine, if you want to go after that, 
I mean, Ray is the only Jedi. So if you're going she after that and you're saying thousand babies, exactly. There's narrative difficulties with that. So yeah, like I said, I think we're all in agreement. Pre movies is where you want to go. Whether it's the Old Republic or the High Republic, I'm not even super clear on what the distinction between those two things is right now. But either way, Jedi, Jedi are abundant. Yeah, I think that could be extremely cool. We'll have to keep our ears low to the ground collectively to, to see what more comes out. There's not much out yet about this game. But I mean, this has like open world Harry Potter potential, I would say. The other I mean, thing that really interests me about this is that up until now, EA has had license exclusivity to the Star Wars universe in terms of video games. And so this is the first time we're really seeing, what is it, Lucasfilm Games now? Is that what they're calling their new coalition of their game organization? Because that's what both uh, the Indiana Jones game and the Star Wars game is coming out of, where they're partnering with other game yeah. developers. Lucasfilm and games, yeah. are you guys excited? I mean, EA did finally give us that linear story-driven experience that a lot of people were clamoring over. Are you guys excited to see Star Wars be opened up to more developers and... Or are, are oh, you yeah. just are you oh, skeptical? Because yeah. I'm excited about this going to Ubisoft. I think in terms of a partner for this type of game, especially, I think Ubisoft is the master of open world games at the moment. And so I think this is a good move. But I'm excited to yeah. see what other developers might come in the future. EA, I mean, it's like EA has been trying to get themselves fired from this. Like, I, 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 Fallen Order was fine, from what I understand. I haven't played it. But like, Battlefront 2 was not great. And it had that whole issue with... You know, the publicity with that game was terrible. Battlefront 1 was also not that great, in my opinion. It was fine, but it could have been about a thousand times better. And it just, they had their chance, it, it is what is my gut. And even like, didn't they do um, Force Unleashed, which like those weren't very good. Like they had their chance. They had many chances, I think. The Force to... Unleashed did well. Force Unleashed did well. For me, it did. I enjoyed it. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm Googling EA Star Wars games right now <laughs> just to see which ones they made i want to make sure i'm not mis mischaracterizing certain games but yeah it looks like battlefront 2 fallen order battlefront squadrons old republic galaxy of heroes old republic blah, blah, blah. i guess i was wrong uh, i guess uh force unleashed was not an ea property it's got uh, a great storyline if you haven't played it i recommend it and like just to be clear i want to i forgot which studio had at ea did say that they're still going to be working on star wars so they didn't lose it completely but that exclusive contract is no longer so exclusive yeah and opening it up can i think for us can only be good so that's kind of the main thing i'm i'm excited about we'll see more to come on this again it's still very very early but uh we'll see what they what they cook up so that brings us now to what are you up to wednesday i went first last week i know that i have a lot to get through today but i'm gonna defer over to tectic this week so this would be a kind of a joint what are you up to Wednesday because Nerd Bomber and I hung out quite a lot this, this past week. Oh, wow. Um, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> and needless to say, we live together, but that's beside the point. So the first thing that I want to touch on because it's a pretty expansive topic is WandaVision. We had, we had started watching that and emotions. And what I mean by that <laughs> emo- is... Emotions, yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough to kind of figure out what the tone is for me. I don't know how you feel, Nerd Bomber, but I've, I've heard just, great things. By the way, it, it's not bad, but I just I can't figure out if the tone is laugh tracky, like like say a sitcom, or Sitcom-y, if it's yeah, or if it's meant to have like dark undertones. I just I can't get a feel for it yet. And granted, it, it is early, but it's it's good. Just it's tough for me to emotionally to figure out where I'm at. 
Yeah, this is one of those things. So it, it really does. It's a great combo of the old timey sitcoms. Like you're thinking, I Love Lucy and I Dream of Jeannie. And it really does channel those old timey sitcoms very, very, very well. Like there are so many nods and winks to those types of shows. And I'm sure Easter eggs for people who are fans of those shows. I mean, I feel like there are at least a few Easter eggs where they kind of nod to them. And they pull off that old-timey sitcom feel very well, but there's also this weird infusion of, like Tactic mentioned, like a kind of dark undertone where you can tell that both Wanda and Vision know that they're like something's off, but we don't really know yet because we're they've only released two episodes, and I, I don't I'm not trying to give any spoilers or anything away, but for the most part, these two episodes are straight up old-timey sitcom things, and my. My read as someone who hasn't watched it, but who's read things about it, they don't want you to know what it is yet. Exactly. Ton- tonal- tonally or otherwise, and it's very it's, purposeful. It's very clear that these two episodes, at the very least, are setting the stage for whatever is going to come next. And I'm, he- I think I'm here for it. It's kind of weird because if we do get a whole season of these old timey sitcom shows, like, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of the old school I Love Lucy and all of the TV classics. But yeah, exactly, it's gonna wear out. Like, as as a culture and an artistic driven television culture, I feel like we've moved so far past that time in television where it's great to look back on those. And it revisit them from time to time, but I don't know if I personally can sit through an entire season of it. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I agree with you, but there's still a lot of laugh track sitcoms on TV right now. Uh, they're not targeted towards our generation, and they make so, me cringe every time. Yeah, we we, we don't watch them because they're not targeted towards our generation, but it still exists. I trying to what trying to do what they're what I'm sure they're trying to do, which is intrigue you, is a very fine balance, right? Because eventually you're going to get sick of being intrigued and you're going to want to know what's going on. I wouldn't think they would go much longer than one or two episodes of what they're currently doing before they start peeling the curtain back. But again, that's based on what I've heard. But it is, like I said, it is good. It's entertaining. Even for an old-timey sitcom, they they make it funny. It was pretty funny. I laughed at some of the, the jokes. I'm not going to say I laughed heard at Catherine all the jokes, Han. Yeah. I've heard Catherine Hahn is really good. Yeah. Catherine Hahn is a comedy gold honestly everything for the most part that she's been in even if it's only for like 30 seconds she shows up says something really funny and i Stay golden point, boy. <laughs> right the other thing i want to mention is nerd bomber and i started playing a very cool new game together that she got by a very cool person for christmas yeah so that was his lead in i guess for me to take the reins here yep. um tactic got me sack boy a big adventure for the ps5 and we started playing it, I think, on Saturday night, and we're loving it. So I had a lot of fun with like Astro's Playroom. I gushed about that, I think, on whatever episode that I talked about it on. And just the way that they use the controller and the platforming and just the overall cuteness. And if you liked Astro's Playroom, because that came free with every PlayStation 5. So if you liked that, 100% recommend Sackboy A Big Adventure. And they basically took Sackboy from Little Big Planet. They scrapped a lot of Little Big Planet, and they made this very Mario-esque slash Astro's Playroom-esque 3D platforming game. You can play up to four-player co-op on the same screen, or I think even online. But it's basically you're you're navigating through these levels. There's various like physical puzzles you have to navigate. You 
there's the cuteness is just so customizable cuteness. Yeah, customizable cuteness on overload. You get to smack your co-op players in the face and get trophies for it. And one of the things and throw them. Yes. And there's a lot of good teamwork aspects. Like if you played like unravel two or anything like that, there's a lot of like co-op teamwork aspects of the game as well. But one of my favorite things, spanking the other person. Well, that too. Sorry to get weird guys. And the fact that I I can be a tiger in the game with tiger costume is the music is phenomenal. And oh yes, the music is just great. Like it's super catchy, super cute. And then we had this revelation moment. And I'm sure if I had read any reviews or anything beforehand, I would not have had this like brain pop moment. But there was a level, and all of a sudden, like there's a boombox playing, and you get the first few notes of what sounds this like is the ice cold masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> um. You get the first few like bars of Uptown Funk and Tactic and I both looked at each other and we're like, that sounds a lot like Uptown Funk. And it, kid you not, you walk forward and actually start the level and Uptown Funk just starts playing. Everything is dancing in time with the music. Basically, all of the actions that you have to do, like all of the navigation, like jumping is pretty much pretty well timed to the music. It was just so much fun and so adorable. And I really liked it. And even in terms of how they're using the dual sense. The haptic feedback is very responsive. Like you walk through grass, kind of like an Astro's playroom, and it feels like you walk through glass. Not glass. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're walking Game through grass. Game just got <laughs> yeah. There's areas where you have to tug on something, and the triggers have the the adaptable feedback and tilting even, the controllers yeah there's a whole segment where you're you're on this floating panel and you use the controller to navigate and tilt and it's a lot of fun i'm really enjoying it so definitely recommend if you like co-op 3d platformers or even solo it's just it's so fun please See, I'm, I'm i'm scared i know you said it's not like little big planet Hayes and I played Little Big Planet a while back. We had to quit. It's it was so hard. I was like, why is this so hard? It's not like it's Little the Big right Planet. Level of difficulty. This is not like Little Big Planet at all. This is more have a drink, hang out with your friends. I would say it. it's to, closer to like three D Mario games. Well, okay, but this is easier a good segue almost. Into my update then. Yeah, this is a good segue into my update. So I'll st- I was going to start with with TV stuff. I'm going to start with video games because I mentioned. I think I mentioned last week. Maybe I didn't that I gotten 120 stars in Super Mario 64, so I was going to be moving on to Super Mario Sunshine. Or maybe I mentioned that I had and I was enjoying it. I can't remember. I had to put Super Mario Sunshine down because it was frustrating me too much. It was too hard. I Look, I'm not proud of this, but the thing about Sunshine... The maps are not intuitive to where you have to it, go next. It's not even that. It's not even that because when they introduce the map, they show you where you have to go. It's more the fact that, okay, in 64, what you can do is you can get any any star you want. There's no, all the stars are there. So you can go around and if you, get, if you happen to get one star before another, it doesn't matter. With Sunshine, you have to do it in their order. And you very quickly hit bottlenecks if there are certain things that you are not good at, if that makes sense. There is a certain thing that I'm not good at in Super Mario Sunshine. And it is, I think what they call them are old school levels. Any level that has a quote-unquote secret where you go into a dark hole and you wind up, Paint Mario takes your takes your jetpack away and you have to go through this floating block hell where if you take one wrong move, you die, basically. And it's like these puzzly, like there's blocks slipping around and, you're, and the music is great in them. It's like this old-timey Mario, but it's like, it is, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating just thinking about it. 
and I got to this the shine sprites in every level I had unlocked where it was just you had to do these secrets and try to try to conquer them and I reached a point where it was just it was so unforgiving I had they give you so few lives when you get game over they only give you three chances basically if you get game over I was like I have to put this down this is my blood pressure is through the roof so I moved on took a break from that by moving on to another game that I got for the holidays Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 now absolute opposite side of the coin this is incredible what's your thought of the character customization okay so you guys so i was gonna ask that you guys do have this right i was i couldn't remember yep yeah we look Um, like we sell drugs on the corner both of our characters yeah so i i made a character i'm gonna tell you about my character what 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 a skater he is his name is chip dipper and uh he's got purple hair i had a lot of fun with the character customization That's that's the point i'm trying to make a lot of fun with the character customization um chip dipper is getting better at skating as i as i conquer the levels i'm working through the 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 skate tour in tony hawk one right now um finding secret tapes finding skate you know i'm not very good at actually shredding like i'm not very good at the last goals i accomplish on levels are like get certain scores because i'm just i'm more focused on like oh man i have to like wall ride to ring three school bells in this level yeah i'm gonna go figure out how to do that right now that's like that's how i play those games but it is unbelievably fun. It holds up. The graphics are improved. The gameplay experience is the same, but that's exactly what I wanted. It's incredible. 10 out of 10. I'm loving it so far. I will report back next week. Do you feel like you were better at it as a child than you are oh, now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I still can't tell if it was somehow easier or if somehow I'm worse at games. Now, see, for me... Uh, going back to Mar- to Sunshine too, I know when I was younger, I got further in Sunshine than I am right now. So for me, I know it's I'm worse at video games now. I think I just I don't know motor skills. I don't know what it is. Being younger, maybe my pa- I had more patience than I do now. I don't know what it is. But oh, patience I know for, for sure. Fact. I was ready to grind as a kid. Yeah, I know for a fact I was better at Sunshine when I was a kid, and I have a feeling Tony Hawk I was better at too. I, mean, I never owned Tony going Hawk on as a kid. kid exactly you just be good at those so loving loving that game the only other thing i had to update on was i did finish defending jacob if i were to talk more about it i would just spoil things uh it was good that's what i'll say it was good if you're lucky enough to have apple tv plus i would recommend it it's pretty short and it's worth your time so that's it for me uh i think we're gonna talk about sharks now right yes we are get your sharp teeth ready because we're gonna rip into some shark trivia i see what you did there i tried the world I don't know. I I was trying to come up with like a good shark pun for a while, and then I was just striking out. So well, let's take a look at the big board before you start. Elite eighty six, one and zero with a perfect one perfect game. Nerbomber one and zero. Tactic zero and two. Tactic, this is your week. Hey, there's always okay? time to improve. There's always time to improve. This is it. This is that time. Come on, beat me. I want you to beat me. Okay. Okay, Nerbomber, take it away. All right, so this is, again, going to be Price is Right style trivia. I don't mix it up that often. So, as always, if you go over, you bust. Well, if you are under, then whoever is closest to the answer is going to get the point. And I have five questions and a tiebreaker. So, let's get into it. The Portuguese shark is the species that has been found in the deepest water. Up to what depth in feet has this shark been found? Okay, I'm going to go first, give Tactic a sporting chance. Guys, look, the ocean gets really deep, okay? Mariana's Trench and all that. I mean, I don't think they found this shark in the Mariana's Trench, but also, how many feet is 20,000 leagues? 
I have no idea. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say ten thousand feet. He was he was down there, man. All right, tactic. What do you got? So ten thousand feet is two miles. He was down there. I don't know what to tell you. My guy, the Portuguese shark. If I thought the 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 Marianas Trench was like six miles deep. Yeah, I'm a third of the way there. So that seems shallow. If if we're saying this is a deep swimming shark, so I'm gonna go two and a half miles. I don't know what that is in feet. Can yeah, you come please on, convert that? <laughs> Twelve thousand feet. All right, so I'm gonna tell you that you're wrong there. You both busted. <laughs> it's eight thousand nine hundred twenty feet deep. Oh so man, no one gets a really point close. here. But you were yeah, but close. I, I, yeah, I get an attaboy at least for being kind of close. Attaboy illegal. Attaboy. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. All so this next question is focused on the hammerhead shark. What range of vision and degrees does the hammerhead shark possess? 270 degrees. It's higher than that. I almost want to say he can do it all, 360, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, I'm going to cut, I'm going to cut 360 and 270. I'm going to go right in the middle, 300 degrees. You know, you should have stuck with your gut. You got the point anyway, but it would have been impressive if you just said 360 because their Dude, eyes are it. actually set perfectly on the sides of their bodies so that the vision of each eye actually overlaps and they're able to see a full 360 degrees. How about that? You go, Hammerhead Shark. Good for you. All right, so, one zero. This isn't doing great. Yeah. Tactic, <laughs> you still have some so time far. to come back from this, though. So I'm going to have to do a thing. A thing. Hey, man, do a thing. Whatever it takes. The next question is, about how much force can a great white shark's jaws produce in PSI? Okay, and I'm first this time. See, now we got this thing again with force. Wasn't this one of the panther questions that I just totally whiffed on? Or the jaguar, whatever whatever big cat it was. Yeah, but that unit was pounds. We did so trivia about... you can't even compare the animals. Hold on. We did trivia about panthers? Jaguars. It was... It was, it was, it was what is what? the force in pounds of a oh, jaguar bite? Oh, that was cat trivia. Okay. I'm sitting here like, this why is, did we do that? <laughs> but this is PSI. Pounds per square inch. I don't know. I, I know that I know that the the Jaguar number was high, so I'm gonna go ahead and say a hundred thousand, hundred thousand psi. I'm gonna go with ten thousand psi. Golly gee, you both busted again. It's four thousand psi here. So in comparison, you sure it's not a hundred thousand? Uh, pretty positive. So just okay. to to kind of level set here, a human's jaw can produce around two hundred psi. So uh, if it was a hundred thousand. I don't like. I don't even See, know. A jaguar's jaw can exert two thousand pounds force. Two thousand pounds, if it's a small area, is a huge amount of psi. Well, actually, if it's one square inch, it's two thousand psi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, look, look. We're not a uh, look. We're not. I we're just touted this here. all as being engineers, so uh, you guys are making me look bad here. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, speak for yourself. I got one point over here. I'm doing great. This is true. Two questions left, Tactic. You feel in the heat? All right. So the next one is sharks actually attack more men than women on record. It's because the genitals. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What percentage of shark attacks are on male swimmers, surfers, and fishers? Tactic, you're first on this one. So of the percentage of men, what percentage are men? (laughs) What percentage of shark attacks are on men, basically? Okay, so it has to be more than 50-50, obviously, or else that statistic wouldn't exist. 
I'm going to say it's subtle because in general, sharks don't like to attack people. And I think it's, they won by just a scooch, a smidge, if I may. So I'm going to go 62%. All right, Illegal, what say you? I had a, a, a gut answer before you said anything. I'm going to stick with it. 69 because, you know. Nice. Sex stuff, yeah. All right, so you actually get that. 93% of what? all shark attacks are men. It's got to be because the pee-pee then. <laughs> uh, I'll actually... tell you right now. I know why it is. I'm going to say why it is. Don't don't tell me. It's because m- every mom in the world is like, don't go in the water. And every dad in the world is like, do whatever you want. <laughs> so dads go in the water and they get eaten. And moms are like, I told you. That's, I mean, that's just my perspective on it. But tell us what the real reason is, so I guess. This set actually uses data all the way back to 1580. And I honestly cannot tell you a reason because they still don't really know exactly why this is. They are supposing that it might be what you said, that men are just more present in shark infested waters than women are but they honestly they don't have a a good reason why and to tactics point this is a shark psa there are actually not that many shark attacks each year there are only i think it's like 10 or less because every guy read that fact that you should punch a shark in the nose and every guy is like yeah i'm gonna punch a shark in the nose i'm gonna i'm gonna go find a shark to do that too yeah you're probably right well look i won again i mean i don't know what do we do here, guys? We read the last question for sure, but it's 2-0. Tough break, kid. I mean, we still have a sweep on the line and another asterisk for a perfect game. So Tactic still has one more question to... to do I get a perfect game if I bust on two questions? <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't. I mean, technically, isn't it just points-based? It's not a it sweep, be, hey, technically. It's, well, it's a, it, let's call it a whitewash. How about that? Because sharks. Sure. Uh, okay, so there's a whitewash on the line. Okay, so happened? the world's fastest shark is the Mako, or the Mako, M-A-K-O. How fast can they swim? In uh, in Neil Patrick Harris's NPHs? Well, I go yes, first. that would be preferable. But I do also have it in kilometers per hour if you feel so inclined. I'm, I'm going to go... M- oh, it's, is it you first? I thought it was me first. You guessed 69. It's me, it, you, yeah, but after, yeah, you guessed after my 62. Yeah. So yeah, you go first. It's me first, dude. As much as I would love to have an advantage, it doesn't seem right at this point. They're, these these boys these boys are fast. All right, forty Neil Patrick Harris's. Tactic, what say you? What is that in miles per hour? NPH forty NPH. Yeah. Oh, it's way faster than that. You have cheetahs uh, going at eighty miles an hour, so I'm gonna go forty-one. Y'all are really overestimating sharks today. Uh, you both oh, busted God. again. <laughs> so I still got the whitewash right because Tactic yeah. blew it. So right. they can reach speeds up to 20 miles per hour hunting fast moving fish like well, even the that tuna. Fast, you sold us like it was like so a super slow. fast shark. Well, uh, that's the fastest shark on earth. I don't know what to tell you're like, you. You're going in here going the fastest turtle in the world. In the world. I'm sure <laughs> there's a fast turtle. I did have a tiebreaker and I don't feel the need to ask you, but I did want to point out that this one deviated from the rest of the questions and was about the infamous Will Smith movie, Shark Tale. So, you guys missed oh, out. We did. That moves me up to 2-0 and o with two whitewashes on my record. Literally a, a perfect perfect year. How about one that? 1-3. What, what if I... Yeah, Tactic moves to 0-3. Oh what if I... Uh, what if I get uh, go 52-0? and oh? So if I well, if actually, I, no, a, I can't a horrible season, do I get like the first round draft pick? I honestly don't sure. know. <laughs> I think you just do whatever something we come up with, and that's that's all that happens. 
Right. Remember that. That was ominous. Remember I mentioned that, what, three weeks ago? Someone's going to have to do something. We still don't know what it is. We still have our research team working on that. Either way, I emerged victorious, and uh, you all emerged victorious because you listened to the whole episode, and uh, we're thankful for that, and hopefully you're thankful for that. Tell your friends. Tell your wife. Tell your kids. Tell your grandma. Tell your cat. Tell your dog. Meow. Just tell a baby. And it doesn't even have to be your baby. Just tell a baby. We'll be here next week, all three of us. Should be a rip-roaring time. Who knows what we're going to talk about, but we hope to see you there. And in the meantime, we hope you have a great week. Have a good one.